Hey, so is the Sabbath Saturday or Sunday? Always a good question, along with a couple of other good ones on this edition of Ask. Welcome once again. This is Jamie, Pastor Jamie here at Cornerstone Church, and uh, Steve behind the camera. As always, we're almost up to 300 episodes. We're getting really close, so we've been doing this a long time. You've been submitting a lot of questions over the years, and we need them, so go to cornerstonebv.org, hit the uh, media page, drops down, no, yeah, and then ask, and then put in your question. You'd think I'd know by now what to do. And uh, you, can, you don't have to leave your name, uh, Bible, life, whatever, somebody asked me about clothing, which we'll get to uh, at one point, and wh whatever it is, uh, give it to us and uh, you'll see it in an upcoming episode. All right, great. So uh, here's a question I think we've been asked before, but it's something that, that will often come up. The Sabbath, is it Saturday or Sunday? Which day should we be observing to fully follow the law of our God? Okay, so you gotta remember, as we've been looking at in Leviticus, there's aspects to the law that was very specific for the for the, the Israelites uh, that God gave it Mount, through Mount Moses at Mount Sinai. Um, a lot of the ceremonial law, uh, some of the civil law parts um, were very specific to those people. A lot of the ceremonies were fulfilled by Christ. In other words, a lot of the, the animal sacrifices and the, uh, the aspects of blood and sprinkling it and all of that, as we have seen if you've been in church with us. If not, no, no problem, although join us anytime. Um, we, we've been talking about how Christ fulfilled that. We don't, we don't sacrifice a bull anymore because Christ died for us on the cross, right? So there's aspects of the law that we don't do anymore. And there's certain parts of the moral law that we certainly do, to, uh, you know, uh, that are repeated in the New Testament. I think that's the best way to know like, what is for the Christian, um, is to kind of measure it against what was taught in the New Testament. Uh, what did Christ teach? What did Paul write? What did Hebrews? What did, um, you, you know, James, Peter, you know, all, all the Jude, all the New Testament writers, and, and, and kind of measure it that way. And all of the Ten Commandments that we know of, uh, that are, for the most part, right, they're all moral parts of the law, nine of them are repeated as still, in fact, they're even more stringent, right? Adultery is now just looking at a woman with lust, um, as Jesus told us. So, so they're all repeated in the New Testament. The Sabbath isn't, okay? In fact, when you read the New Testament, this is what is said in a couple of places. First, Colossians chapter two, um, starting verse 16. This is what Paul writes. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Similarly, Romans 14:5, one man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Okay, so what they're teaching for the Christian is we have the freedom uh, of Sabbath. So we do not have a specific day that is like the law of Israel to honor as the Sabbath. Um, and so a couple of misconceptions about the Sabbath day. The first is the command of the Sabbath that God gave the Israelites was to rest and it was Saturday. Okay, It was not a command to go to church. Um, it, they did typically have their gather, worship gatherings on Saturdays, the, the Jewish people did. Um, but that's not what God was concerned with. He was concerned with rest from work to have a time to honor him. And so they decided, well, that's a great time to gather together. And I agree, but that was not God's command. The command was to, to rest. Um, and so the, the, the idea of you have to go to church on the Sabbath, and that's why some of our Christian 
cults, I would say, like Seventh-day Adventists, uh, believe, well, we gotta have church on Saturday because that was the Sabbath. It, God never said that. You can go to church, in fact, if you look at early believers, they gathered from house to house like, every day, right? So, so the idea is you should gather as much as possible with your church family. There is no specific day that's sacred. Now, the, the Bible gives you license to have a day that is sacred to you. So the early church changed their day of worship uh, corporately um, from Saturday to Sunday because of the resurrection. So that became the Lord's Day. Um, they didn't call it the Sabbath, right? Most of them are still Jewish. They still believe Saturday was the Sabbath. Um, so we, there's really no biblical license to say the Sabbath has to be on Sunday for sure. However, I think what you can do is say the principle of Sabbath to rest and to spend time focusing on God, whether it's you and some friends and your church community or your family, to be able to just breathe and rest from our crazy lives, uh, our working lives, all the other stuff we're doing, and to say, man, I'm gonna spend a day or I'm gonna spend time just focused on the Lord. I think that's a great principle, but you have the freedom um, to when you do that and to how you do that, if that makes sense. Okay, hopefully it does. You may have some questions. I know that one causes controversy, so uh, don't call me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, happy to talk with you more about it. Okay, second question. It's a question, a term you may not have heard of, but still really good. It says, what is Christian hedonism uh, and why is John Piper so popular in the Christian community? So John Piper is the one that coined the term Christian hedonism, which is why they're asking that. Um, first of all, let me give you a dictionary, like a Webster's dictionary, uh, of a definition of hedonism. Hedonism is the pursuit of pleasure, sensual self-indulgence, right? So that's what hedonism is. So it's the opposite, really, of biblical Christianity, right? It's to be a hedonistic just says, and if it feels good, do it. I don't care at what cost. I don't really care what God has to say about it. If I want to have sex with that person, I have sex with that person. Uh, if I want to, you know, drink that, eat that, smoke that, whatever, I can do it. That's hedonism, right? And there's plenty of people that have that philosophy, basically, right? Um, or, or some version of it. And, and so we've all, always learned, biblically speaking, well, hedonism is the opposite of the Christian life where you live for God and according to what God says. So John Piper was a respected, for the most part, uh, Christian leader, talks about hedonism and you're saying, well, how can that be? How can there be a, how can they go together? Well, it's a he, he's coining a phrase to get your attention. Hedonism, and that's what happened here. And, and so let me just give you his definition and what he means by Christian hedonism. It is the conviction that God's ultimate goal in the world, his glory, and our deepest desire to be happy, so hedonism, right, are one and the same because God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Not only is God the supreme source of satisfaction for the human soul, but God himself is glorified by our being satisfied in him. Therefore, our pursuit of joy in him is essential. And so Piper's idea here is not looking at God as, oh, I gotta stop doing things to start, right? But instead, our primary goal is to bring him glory and when we do that, so we want to grow the knowledge of God, that means obedience to God, right? Then we are become more and more satisfied. Our joy is increased, right? So the pursuit of self-joy, hedonism, right, is actually going to take place when we bring glory to God. So that's Christian hedonism, right? John Piper has become, over the years, uh, a pretty key leader, especially in Reformed Christianity circles. Uh, you can Google that. I don't have time in this episode to talk about the difference. But 
personally, I, I think a lot of his writings, a lot of his sermons are a great help to the church. Um, but keep in mind something that Piper said once himself that I heard, there's a reason why he loves to read and study dead guys, meaning Christians that are dead. And he says, because they can't, they can't fail us, right? Like they, they, they can't fail us. So Piper himself would be in that category. He's not dead yet. Um, he will potentially make some mistakes. We shouldn't follow someone blindly, but I think we should, uh, but personally, I think he has a lot to say biblically about living for the, the joy of Christ and how satisfying that makes us when we do that. All right, good question. Uh, okay, quick one here to finish things off. This might be confusing. When Jesus drove demonic spirits into the swine or pigs, why did Jesus choose swine? Is that because Jesus was Jewish and swine were seen as unclean animals? So you probably know the story. Jesus is in Gentile lands um, and he casts demons out of this guy. He's in a cemetery. Pretty cool story, right? Um, and he casts them, instead of casting them out completely, cast them into pigs. They dive over the, the cliff and die and the people who owned the pigs weren't real happy and asked Jesus to leave. Uh, so did he choose pigs because they were unclean for the Jew? Uh, I, I, it's possible, it doesn't say that. It, it's possible he's making some kind of point, but the very fact that Jesus in his lifetime declared food, un, uh, declared all foods clean, uh, which would include pigs, I, I don't really think that was his point. I don't really think Jesus was really that caught up in that. Um, and he's in Gentile lands where they definitely had lots of pig farmers and he happened to be pigs there. So uh, he threw the demons in there. So I could be wrong, but I, don't, I really don't think there was anything to the fact that it was swine. All right, still great. Love to hear you thinking. Hear you thinking? Yeah, hear you thinking. And uh, make sure you continue to hear yourself thinking on our website, cornerstonebv.org. And uh, just hit us up and hopefully we'll see you in church this weekend. We continue Leviticus, almost done. Advent is coming. So we'll see you this weekend. God bless.